0: Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. My heart, and so I thought, well, I'm just going to do this. God, I've been hearing from you on what to do here. Uh, I, I want to go throughout the Word of God because how many of y'all are thankful for the Word? Yeah. That it's a lamp unto our feet and it's a light unto our path, and, We think to ourselves, if God did it for Joshua, God can do it for me. If I can, I just want a little bit of faith like Joshua did to ask the son to stand still And I'm telling you, how many of y'all know the little things in my life won't amount to nothing when I I have faith to make the sun stand still? Amen? To believe God for the sun to stand still. But all of these stories throughout the word of God from the Red Sea that we talked about from Joshua uh, asking the sun to stand still in Joshua chapter 10. And then last week as we looked at the life of Gideon, uh, we, we see some things in here of God uses ordinary people just like you and me. And, and most of the time, just like we saw last week in Gideon, he said, uh, he, he brings up Moses and he thinks to himself, and lots of times we do the same thing. We, we think back on people. God, you use Pastor Ty, you use Pastor Travis, you use Pastor Michelle. And that is a crutch for us when God wants to use DJ. God wants, you to, God wants to use you. And the reason that I'm sharing these stories of impact and these people of impact, because these are ordinary people just like you and I that God had called. Can I tell you, God has called you for such a time as this. Parents, I wanna tell you, you don't need to groan about raising your kids in the time that you're raising them in, you need to rejoice because God has called you to be a mom and a dad for such a time as this. In a woke culture, in a crazy culture, I'm telling you, God has called us to raise up gladiators, to raise up warriors. Who's with me today? Come on, first service, you need to wake up. God's called us for such a time as this. He put me here at this right time for this purpose, and we don't need to think, well, well, if He just did it for them, He won't do it for us. That's why we read the Word of God; it's life. And today, I I, I want to pick up where where we we left off, and we saw in the life of Gideon in the Book of Judges where. These were men, and we can look at our, our lives the same way as the Israelites. The Israelites, they would do good for a time. When there was money in the bank, they served the Lord. When all the relationships were a lot right, they served the Lord. But when things got a little bit rocky, they went away from God. And we saw in Judges chapter 6 of how, how, how they walked away from the Lord. I know we can point fingers to them, but we do the same thing, Right? When things are good, we walk away from God. When things are prosperous, we walk away from God. But when it gets a little bit rocky, we come to the house of the Lord looking for help. And what God did was raise up these mighty men. God told Gideon inside of a place where he was actually hiding, he called him Mighty Man of Valor. And I want to remind some people today, you may have been running from God. You may have been hidden for such a time. But I'm here to tell you, God still has a calling for your life. God still has an anointing on your life. And so we find ourselves in the same deal. They got out of it with Gideon, and they went back into a a place where they went away from God, and God raised up some other people. But we find ourselves in, in Judges chapter 13 here. And I just want to give you a recap before I talk about the verses that we just read. In Israel, they did evil in the sight of the Lord again, uh, and God had put them in the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Well, there's this mom and this dad in Israel there. Uh, uh, you can see this in 13 and verse 2. His name was Zorah, not Zoro. It was Zora, And Zorah and his wife, they were believing God. She was barren. She was believing God for a son. And God says, I'll give you a son, but you have to promise me this one thing. He has to take a Nazarite vow. You can see this in the book of Numbers of what the Nazarite vow was. But he said, I, he must and you must not, he must and you must not drink any alcohol. Drink no juice of any kind. He told him, number two, you, you can't touch any dead thing. And number three, you can't cut his hair. He, he may look like the madman of Gadara, but this is the vow that I want you to take for your life. How many of y'all have ever made a vow to God? All right. God, if you just get me through this, I promise to never go back to that when you do it on Thursday, right? On Friday night, you say, I'll never do this again until Saturday night. You make a vow. How many of y'all, let me, truly, show of hands, you've made a vow to the Lord before, all right? Well, you can already get into this story. And so they have this boy that they made this vow for his life, and his name is Samson. And the Bible tells us in 13 and verse 25 that the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. How many of y'all wish that for for your kids and you have a prayer for your kids? I'm going to pray that my kids, that Addison, that the Spirit of the Lord would stir on the inside of her. I pray for Anson that the Spirit of the Lord would stir on the inside of, her, uh, of him. I pray for Noel that the Spirit of the Lord would stir on the inside of him. That catch, that the Spirit of the Lord, come on parents, where you at this morning? In, in Levi's life, in Matt's life, in Caleb's life. That, that the Spirit of God would stir, and, and he began to stir. But what's amazing about this story, how many of y'all know when you haven't cut your hair, you're not living by the culture of this world, you know that you're set apart. That's why it's so important, believers, it would be something good for us, except for the cutting of the hair, for us to make a vow to God just as these Nazarites did. How many of y'all know from the the time he was born, he knew he was set apart for a call of God on his life? I think it would be very important for us as parents that we don't watch the same thing as everybody else watches. We don't do the same things that everybody else does. We don't talk the same way that everybody else talks. But in this particular story here, I wish I could tell you that he did everything right, but he begins to break the vows. And what I see in this story here, and you can pick it up in chapter, four, in, in chapter 14, Samson went down to Timnah. That's the first mistake that he makes in his life. And what I love about this is he made mistake after mistake after mistake, but God used him time and time again. God can still use you even though you've made mistakes. How many of y'all thankful for his grace? Like, I see this as a story of rejection. This is a story of shame. This is a story of guilt. This is a story of condemnation. But why he fails is because why most men fail it's lust, it's entitlement, and it's pride. The Bible tells us that Jesus didn't fall to the temptations of man. What, do they t- what are they? We see them in 1 John. It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We see that Jesus didn't do that in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when he's up on the high mountain. He's led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness in all three ways as we are tempted. Jesus not fall to one of them. But we see in this story right here that he goes down to Timnah. I'll say this, I said it in youth ministry forever and I'll say it to parents still today and adults that are in the room. You rise and fall to the level of your friends. He goes to a place that he ought not to go. Can I tell you this story is for us? When you go to places, I don't care how strong you are in the Lord because this this is what lust does. Lust says, I don't care what God says. I don't care what my parents say. I don't want the culture of my country says. I don't care about anybody else. I just know this. I want it and I need it and I'm going to get it. That's what lust is. And so he goes down to Timnah and he, he, he sees this girl that he wants. In fact, he tells his dad, I'll do anything to get that girl. And, and because she looks pleasing to me. But then what happens is, is this, as he's on the way there, how many of y'all know there's some signs, I believe, along the way when you're, when you're, how many of y'all have ever done something foolish before, and you know it's foolish, and on the way, there's something that happens that you think, okay, God, I get, I get, I get it. How many of y'all have ever been there before? All right, I know I'm not supposed to do this. It's like God's giving you another chance. A lion comes in the road, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, and he tears the lion apart. How many of y'all know this is a bad dude with an attitude, all right? So he tears this lion apart. He goes for the girl, and on his way back, he sees honey inside the carcass of the dead lion, and he takes a scoop of honey. So the first mistake was he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Number two, he had entitlement on his life, and he touched something dead. He broke the vow. He touched something that was dead. How many of y'all know entitlement says this, I deserve it? First, it starts off with lust that I need it. Number two, it says entitlement says this, hey, I deserve this. You know, I haven't done this thing that God redeemed me from five years ago. I hadn't done it in five years. One time won't hurt me. Are you hearing me today? Or we'll say this, you know, I've worked hard or I've been faithful to her. One time won't matter. I deserve this. I, 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 I stay up late. I do all of these things for my family. I'm just saying all the things that I'm telling you the enemy has spoken into my ears before. Don't look at me judgmental because all of us in here, we've all been at the same railroad crossing. Where the enemy tries to come in and he says, well, I, I tore a line apart. Come on, everybody's looking to me. I'm bad to the bone. I can do what I want to. But God said this, you must touch not one deadly thing. Entitlement tells you that you deserve it. But then the third thing came in, which was pride in the story. I'm, I'm not even preaching yet. I'm just saying what I see in the story. Pride tells us this, that I deserve it. I deserve it. Entitlement said, or no, entitlement. Uh, lust says, I need it. Entitlement says, I deserve it. Pride says, This, sorry, I can handle it. Mm, come on, come on. I can handle it. So, what happens is, is the next thing that happens is he, he goes to this feast. That the Philistines have this feast. He's hanging out in the wrong place at the wrong time. They have this feast, and obviously, at the feast, you know that there's drinking there. How I many of y'all know that there, there's gonna be something at something that you shouldn't go to, but you go anyway because you have pride and you say, I can handle it when you can't? And so the rest of the story goes on. He married, he he he's, uh, gets with this this um this Philistine girl, and there's people at he begins to um, um, hang out with these Philistines there and he has this riddle that you can read about in 14 but he tells them out of the eater came something to eat and out of the strong came something sweet and so what Samson is is he begins to entertain these Philistine people and he, as he's doing this, he tells them this, if you come up with the riddle of what I just said, he said, I'll give you 30 garments. And uh, if you don't, you have to give me 30 garments. And so they get so upset. There's, there's some funny wording in this particular, I don't know if you've seen it, Pastor Robert, but there's some funny wording, especially when you read it in the old King James. But his wife comes to him day after day because these men from Philistine come to him and say, hey, I want to know what the riddle is. And he says says to her, no, you're going to tell him. But the Bible says, uh, Samson's wife wept before him seven days while their feast lasted. On the seventh day, he told her because uh, she pressed him so hard. Then she told the riddle to her countrymen. So So the men of the city come to Samson, and they said, what is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, I'm sorry, that's humorous. All right? Yeah, I, I just want to encourage all the men in the room, even though it's in the word of God, you should not always use it inside of your house. All right? You don't need to get on the phone with a telemarker and say, quit plowing with my heifer. All right? And so he gets mad and he kills all the guys in there. So, so now they're a little bit upset about that. And he comes back to get his wife, and you can see this in chapter 15. And the, the wife's dad had given her to his companion. And so he gets upset again, and he, he lights, he puts 300 foxes together. 300 foxes. I'm telling you, you can't make this story up. This is worse than Jerry Springer. He gets 300 foxtails together, lights them on fire, throws, puts them into the city, and they, they, they set the town on fire. And so then they come after him again. They tie him up and he's being very cordial. He says, all right, they tie him up and, he, and, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he grabbed the jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand men. Like, why did it have to be a donkey? I'm telling you this story. Isn't it awesome? A thousand men he kills right there. And so then they, uh, um, I mean, there's lions and tigers and bears, oh my and then we have, in the story, a woman named Delilah. And you can pick this up uh, at, the, uh, at, at chapter 16. We, led the, we read the latter part of 16. I'm just setting up context of his life here. And uh, he pushes down some doors, some pillars already before the end of the story. But Delilah, he falls in love with this Philistine. And some men come to him and said, you know, he set our country on fire. He killed a 1,000 of our men. He has been nothing but disruptive. So we need to know what is the source of his power. And so Delilah goes to him one night and says, she goes, baby, do you love me? And he says, of course, you know I love you. He said, she said, no, you don't love me. You, you haven't told me what's the source of your power. And he said, well, if you just tie me up with seven fresh cords. You know the story, he falls asleep. He, they come in, tie him up with the fresh cords. Seven fresh cords. And he said, the Philistines are upon us. And he breaks out of them and he whips those guys. She comes in again. How many of y'all know when you lied to your wife the first time, the second time is not always good. He comes in the second time and he says, hey. She says, do you love me, Samson? Man, have y'all ever been in this situation before? Do you love me? No, you don't love me. You haven't told me the secret to this. You haven't told me what is the source of your power because they came in, you know the whole story. And, but, but what is it? So the second time she comes in, she says, oh, it has to be new ropes. So they come in, they tie him with new ropes. The Philistines are upon him and he breaks out of the new ropes and he defeats the Philistines. Then the third time she goes in and says, you don't love me. He says, yes, I do. Well, you haven't told me the truth. Please tell me the truth. He tells her one last time, seven braids of my hair. They begin to do that. And, and um, they did that. She said the Philistines are upon him, and he breaks out of it again. But then there's another scripture here in verse 16. It says, when she pressured him day after day with her words and pleaded with him, he was annoyed to death. Can I get an amen from all the men? No, I'm not even going to go there. Johnny John, knew where I was going. He's like, no. He was annoyed to death, but this paints a picture. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. This paints a picture that day after day, if we're not careful, the enemy will whisper inside of your head lust, entitlement, and pride. How many of y'all know it's important that day after day that you pick up your cross daily and serve the Lord? Because day after day, the enemy is going to come after you and say that your your life is a lie, your life is a joke, your life doesn't matter to nothing. And I'm telling you, day after day, he will come in. He will whisper in your ear. He will point on your shoulder. He will do everything that he can. That's why it's important day after day you get in the word of God. That's why it's important day after day that you get in his presence. It's important that day after day you pray. It's important that in your household, day after day. Are you hearing me? Because the enemy's not going to quit. Can I give you a word of encouragement? The enemy is not going to stop. That means you can't either. You've got to press on to the mark of the high calling that God has in store for your life. So he's annoyed to death. He finally tells her, and while she's sitting in his lap, and this is where we pick up the story, she cuts his hair, they come in, and he has broken the vow. And this is where I want to pick up in the story because uh, it's a frustrating story. It's frustrating because he's been given so much. Here's a guy that's been called, he's been set apart, he's been given so much by God, supernatural strength, obviously to kill a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey and also 300 foxtails and ripping apart a lion and all the things that he did. But he was a strong man with a weak will and a weak spirit. Can I tell you, men, you can be strong on the outside and weak on the inside, He was emotion-driven and not spirit-led. How many of y'all know we need to be led by the Spirit of God? The Bible says led by the Spirit of God, for they are the sons of God. He ruined his life one step at a time. How many of y'all know it would be easier for him, and there's been lots of times we found ourselves just like he was inside of the prison and said it was this event that happened yesterday that put me in the prison today. No, it was the step after step after step. It was breaking the vow of grabbing that honey inside of that dead carcass. It was having the feast with the drinking and the alcohol. All the things, even though there was three parts of the vow, he had now broken all of them. He was at a low place in his life. And so this is where I want to pick up on the story because I believe there's men and women inside of the room. Pastor, what do I do when I've blown it time after time after time? Pastor, what do I do when I didn't do what God had called me to do? Because I believe there is people inside of these seats right here as I speak by the Spirit of God. There is people that God called you to do something 10 years ago and you still haven't done it. There is things that you were supposed to do to be a person of impact, but because of circumstances, because of life, because of an enemy that every single day said, do you really love the Lord? Do you really love the Lord? Do you really love the Lord? That you've stopped short Of what God has called you to do and be who he's called you to be and do what he's called you to do I'm telling you I believe there is anointing here today that pillars need to fall I'm gonna declare that right now pillars walls fall and pillars still fall and so and and I believe this before I really get into the text here I believe that people's greatest fear is failure and their greatest pain is regret and the reason I say people like that, because I believe it's different from ladies than it is from men. Because how many of y'all know ladies and men are different? They're different. And there's things that remind me of that all the time. In, in talking about failure, ladies probably would lean more towards a relationship of failure where a, men, a man would talk about failure in his accomplishments. How many of y'all know women are relational? Women are relational. If you don't know that, they're relational. That's why they have several of them that go to the bathroom together. Right? I've never asked pastor, hey, I'm going to take a leak. Would you like to go? (laughs) You know what's so funny? We talk about this at the NFR. They got all these these urinals, and they have no dividers or anything. And it is so quiet in there, but you have all these men. They're just (laughs) looking straight Because how many of y'all know that is against the rules, men? (laughs) This is coming from your pastor, a man of God. No wondering eyes! (laughs) Around a urinal. Women are like, what do y'all do in there? We pee, that's it. We do not talk, that is not a place to talk, okay? But ladies, they invite each other. I don't know what they do in there, but my point is this. Women are relational, are they not? Women are relational where I see that men, uh, men, their greatest fear and failure would be in accomplishments, that they didn't amount up to it. Men want to be respected in in the position that they hold in society. And so I I, I just want to talk about this for a second. Uh, uh, Let's go ahead and go in verse 23. It says, Now the Philistine lords gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon. Dagon was the god of the harvest. He had a man's face and he had a fish body. Very weird, I know. How many of y'all thankful we serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? It says their God to celebrate for they said. So you got to understand here, he is at the lowest of low. He is blind. He said his eyes gouged out, and he is making grain. He is grinding the grain. And they said, our God has given Samson our enemy into our hands. Verse 24, when the people saw Samson, they praised their God, for they said, our God has handed over our enemy to us, the ravenger of our country. You know what they're talking about right there, 300 foxtails that that burned up the grain, who has killed many of us, the jawbone of a donkey, a thousand men that died. Now, when they were in high spirits, they said, call for Samson so that he may amuse us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he entertained them They made him stand between the pillars. How many of, I won't ask that, that you've ever been there, but how many of y'all know that Samson was feeling at a place of such failure? Like he was at a place where he was the strongest in the land. He was the most powerful. God had called him to judge the nation. I could, I'm, I'm sure that the jawbone of a donkey is just one story we got. The, the lion is one story we got. But how many of y'all know when he has that kind of power, there's some things that aren't recorded in the scriptures? So he's a man that is respected. And for him now to be someone that they are watching grind and they bring out in front of everybody, he is a laughing stock. He is 100% shamed. How many of y'all have ever felt shame before? Like if you've been through a divorce, I promise you, you felt shame. There's been a time where somebody, an event that happened in your life, feeling think of the rejection that he is feeling. Think about the setting apart that he is feeling. But I want to remind you, because I love this story here, God just failure is an event. And I want to remind somebody today. Failure is an event. Spirit of the living God. Failure is an event. It's not who you are. Come on, get that in your heart today. Write that down. My failure may have been an event, but it's not who I am. Just because you're down doesn't mean you're out. Just because you failed at something doesn't mean you're a failure. Come on, who needs to hear this today? Just because you failed at one thing doesn't mean that you're a failure in life. God has so much more for you. And so the rest of the story, what I love about this, because I feel like all of us can, can, can look at his life. There's been times in my life where, where I should have said the right thing, but I didn't. I should have done the right thing, but I didn't. And so here he is at the lowest of low. God, I should have done what you called me to do. I should have did what, you call, what, I, what I should have done. And then in verse 26, it says... Um, So here he is that he may amuse us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he entertained them. They made him stand between the pillars. You know what I feel like he's feeling right here? It'd be easy for him to go down a road of remorse or it's easy for us to go down a road of repentance. You know what remorse is? And I've talked about this a lot in our morning Bible studies. People people get remorse and repentance mixed up. Remorse is you feel bad at what you did. I mean, y'all know, even in repentance, we need to feel, you know, we feel bad at the things that we did. But in remorse, this is what we do. We say, I'm a bad person. Lots of times we go inward and say, I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. I shouldn't have done that. I know better than that. I I I am this and I am that. Or sometimes people in remorse, they do an outward appearance and they say, this is all Delilah's fault. If my parents would have just done just a little bit differently. If my wife would have done this or my husband would have done that. Or if my kids would have done this. Or if my, my employer would have done that. If he would have just given me a raise. Or if, 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 if. Yeah. Come, on. Come on, who am I talking to today? We do this. I'm talking to myself. When you're, when you're blaming it on you or blaming it on somebody else, it's Remorse. But you know what repentance is? Repentance is I own it. It was my fault. I blew it. I messed up. You know what repentance is? It's an about face. Rather than turning to yourself or turning to other people that made you so-called do what you did or be who you are today, repentance says this. I'm going to turn back to God. God forgives me. How many of y'all know you need to look to Jesus? Anyway, the cross has the final word. The cross has the final word. The cross has the final word. Because how many of y'all know we've all done things that you can't undo? How many of y'all have ever sent a text message and it autocorrected and it was bad? Come on. That, that's a mild example. A mild example. There's times where uh, uh, I remember back in youth ministry where me and Brandy were having a fun text with one another. I want to encourage all the couples, you need to do that. It's fun. It was a hot text with one another. And, and, and Brandy thought she was sending something to me or vice versa, and somebody else had texted in. And we sent it to them instead. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. How many of y'all know you can't unsend something that's been sent? Right? In the same sense, you can't, men, you can't unlook at something you've already looked at, you can't unsend something you've already sinned in. I really want you to hear me. Come on, wake up. Wake up, wake up. You can't undo something you've already done. You can't unlie something you've already lied. You, you can't... Men, how many of y'all know you can't unsay something you've, you've said that you wish you wouldn't have, that's been hanging over you for five years and every argument you've got in? You can't unsay it. But what you can do, what I'm trying to give you... You can't undo it, but you can repent. And take your eyes off you or somebody else and put them on Jesus. Are you hearing me? You were created to honor the Lord, not entertain the enemy. Right here, he's entertaining the enemy. Honestly, he had been entertaining the enemy for quite some time. But now I think he really gets wisdom of this. And I want to remind somebody today, you were created to honor the Lord, not entertain the enemy. You may cannot change your past, but you can change your future. Somebody needs to hear that one more time. You may can't change your past, but you can change your future because of Jesus. Look at the rest of the story here. I need to hurry. It says in verse 26, Then Simpson said to the boy who who held him by the hand, Let me fill the pillars on which the roof house rests, so that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women. The Philistine lords were there. And on that flat roof were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson was entertaining them. Verse 28, then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord, this is where he repents. O Lord God, please remember me. See, he's taken his eyes off of him. He's taken his eyes off the enemy. And now he's looking back to God. How many of y'all know we need to look back to God? When we look back to God, he's saying, God, you were creating me. uh, You created me to honor the Lord, not to entertain this enemy. And please strengthen me just this one time, O God, and let me take vengeance on the Philistine for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars on which the house rested and braced himself against them, one with his right hand and one on the left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he stretched out with all his might, collapsing the support pillars, and the house fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those who he had killed during his lifetime. So he crosses the line out of it being all about me to now all about you, God. And God uses Samson as the main part of the story. Even in our failures, God can still accomplish his purpose. Come on. Even in our failures, God can still accomplish his purpose. God had used him to deliver the people from the Philistines. I'm telling you, I had a hard time coming up with something, but the Lord showed me this this morning to share with somebody that you feel like you're washed up, you're done, you've made way too many mistakes. You used to be at the high of your game. Now you're at the low of your game. I just want to tell you that still God has a purpose for your life. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. There's still a call. You need to just look to him and say, God, remember me today. Remember me. If you're not dead, he's not done. That's right. Amen. If you're not dead, he's not done. What I love about this, God still took him out of the darkness and he put him in the light. I want to ask some people today. I want to ask some people. I'd go more, but I want to share the story with you. I want to ask some people today, what are some pillars in your life that you need to push down? Pillars. Walls still fall, pillars do too. Walls still fall, pillars do too. Stand to your feet. It's a story that I used to tell in youth ministry. I hadn't told in many years. At the Louvre in France, there is a picture and it is called Checkmate. In this picture of Checkmate, is the devil on one end of the chess table and a king at the other. It's called checkmate. And what it is, the devil is smiling and the king is sad. Well, one day, a guy was, the tour guide of the Louvre was giving these men a tour through it. And they were were guys like, um, who had won crazy stuff, like um, leaders of the pack, Uh, world champions at certain things like the world champion of soccer and world champion of, of lacrosse well the world champion of chess was in there and they come to the loo and they see this picture that is called checkmate and he describes to them the picture well this is a checkmate the devil won again against the king and they move on to another picture and another picture and the guy realizes that Somebody's gone. And so he comes back to him and he says, Hey, what are you doing? He said, I'm admiring this picture. And he said, Well, it's just very simple. The devil won one more time. And he said, Do you realize the reason that I'm here on this tour today is because I'm a I'm with a group of elite men that I am the world champion. Multi, multi. He's done it several times. I've won chess over everybody else in the world many times. He goes. I understand that. Then, why are you still looking at the picture? He said, "I want to remind you one more time. I am the champion of chess. I have beat opponents because I have saw, I have saw moves on the chessboard that nobody else has ever seen." He said, "Well, what's the problem?" He said, "When I look at this picture, I don't see checkmate." I see that the king has one more move. The king, I feel like running right down this aisle right now. Come on, I wanted to tell somebody today that he may be, you may have looked at your situation over and over again. I used to be at the top of my game. I used to be a leader in this, I used to do this, and I used to do that, because of my one mistake, I'm now at the place that I don't need to be. And I don't understand, and everybody said, checkmate, But I came to tell you today, that through the word of God, he gives you a second chance. Thank God for his grace, thank God for his mercy. And I wanted to tell you today, the king has one more move. The king always has one more move. The king always has one more move. The king always has one more move. Listen, if you're alive, God's not dead. Listen, if you're alive, God still wants to use you. So what are some pillars in your life that you need to push down? What are some pillars in your life that you need to push down? Every head bowed and every eye closed. What are some pillars in your life that you need to push down? Maybe you have regret. You have rejection. You have shame. You have guilt. You have condemnation. There's an event in your life. That everybody is entertained by your failure. Come to your senses. Repent. And push the pillars down. Repent and push the pillars down. Come on, who's this word for today? Let your hand. I want to see you. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Repent and push the pillars down. God, I pray for these right now that have their hands raised, lifted. God, the world has canceled them out. Family members have told them they'll never amount to anything else. God, I pray for these that have their hands raised and lifted and say, you know what, God? Lord, I pray that they still have faith to say, if I'm alive, you're not done with me. If I'm alive, you're not done with me. So, Lord, I thank you for a heart of repentance that's in the house today. Not remorse, repentance. Lord, these that have their hands raised, I pray that they would repent and not point fingers to who wronged them who put them in the place that they're in, God, I pray that they would own up to it and they would about-face and turn to you. Right now, in Jesus' name. These hands that are raised, I pray, God, right now, I speak peace over their life. I reject rejection. I reject doubt, shame. Lord, I pray that they would think on things that are true and noble and of a good report. God, I pray that they would see this morning that the king still has another move. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.